The following sermon is by Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Please visit us at 2100 Noble Road in Raleigh or on the web at ebcraleigh.com. And now, here's Pastor Steve. Amen, church. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter number 9. If you're visiting with us today or unfamiliar with the Bible, there's a Bible in the pew back in front of you. And so if you'll uh, find that, you can turn to the table of contents. Matthew is the first gospel in the New Testament. Children's church. If you're a child and you're here today, you're dismissed for children's church. You can meet your worker in the back. Matthew chapter number 9. Verse number 35 through verse number 38. Let's read the Scripture together. I'll read it out loud. You read it quietly for us. Matthew chapter number 9, verse number 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. This is already an unusual service. Not often do you get to hear a little bit of uh, Justin Timberlake and uh, don't stop believing in the same service. But uh, as you can see, our moving our ultra contemporative. No, I'm just messing with you. What a, uh, what a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. And since it's already an odd service, would you all just stand with me? All right, and just, I need you to do something with me. Let's all stand up just for a moment, if you would. I know you don't, now listen, if you're not able, don't worry about it. But if you are, would you all just put your hands, say about like that right there? Okay, and make sure that you meet that height requirement. Does everybody meet the height requirement? If you need to lower it, lower it down. If you need to make it a little bit higher, I see somebody in the back. Jason, you need yours up here a little bit, all right? Everybody meets the height requirement? Great. Okay, go ahead and sit down, would you? Go ahead and sit down. Sit down. Everybody go like this. Start with your left hand because I'm left-handed and left people, left-handed people are overlooked. Start with your left hand. Go across your waist like this and make this sound. Cha-chink. All right. Everybody buckled up? Great. Now everybody reach to the sky like this and grab that bar and pull it down safely over your lap. Cha-chink. Now listen, if you don't hear it, cha-chink, you're going to fall out when we're upside down. You're going to be in a lot of trouble. Cha-chink. Cha-chink. Last thing we do before we go on the ride. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we love You. We thank You. You're gracious and merciful. I pray for all my brothers and sisters that have met the height requirement, that have sat down and buckled in, who have pulled down the safety bar, and now they're praying alongside with us. Lord, I pray this morning that there not just be some sort of false sense of enthusiasm, but there there be the sweet dynamic of the Spirit of God that would move into the life of every believer in this room and that we would lay aside uh, the old, that we would lay aside uh, uh, the weight and the sin that so easily besets us, that we would set our face like Jesus did as a flint to the cross, to the future. And Lord, that in these precious moments that lie before us, that You would expound the Scripture to us, that You would help us to see what this year has in store for our church, and that we would wake up from our slumber, that we would get on this ride, and that we would all pull in the same direction. So I pray in advance for my brothers and sisters that are here that have sin in their heart, that they would confess that silently, that they would put that down, and that they would flee to the cross. Lord, whether it's gossip, whether it is whatever the sin is that is holding people down, I pray that they would lay that down today. Run to Jesus who alone can help us. Lord, we pray for our friends that are here today who may have come for an odd service, but they're unbelieving. We pray that Jesus Christ would be high and lifted up and that you would draw all people to yourself that they would turn from their sin and put their faith in Christ Jesus who died for us and rose again that they too might have new life I pray for my brothers and sisters who are here today simply because they uh, heard a few weeks ago that on the 14th we're going to talk about uh, this coming year Lord I pray that all of our hearts and minds all of our work
workers would be renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And that together today, not just today, but as the starting point this year, that our church would move forward in a good and a right direction. And Lord, that You would help us to reach our community with the Gospel and to disciple believers and to share the good news with all the rest of the world. We are ready for the ride. We love you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just make uh, just a few points from this text that lies before us today, and then you'll see on the screen in just a little while, not right now, guys, just a little while, we're going to walk through the seven major church-wide events that we'll have this year. Now, listen, there are all kinds of things that will happen this year, stuff for the youth and stuff for the children, stuff for the seniors. In fact, um, they uh, taking a group of families to the Compassion International next Saturday. We'll have the Valentine's Banquet. We'll have all kinds of things that won't be represented here today, but what we have is our seven kind of major outreach, major issues of the church for this year that we want you to be involved with, and we're going to kind of walk through that together as a church, but before we do, I want to just want to set the stage. Look back with me, if you would, at this text. Let me read it one more time, just a few short verses, and I'll make a couple of, um, couple of points here. So Jesus was going through all of the cities and villages. And he was teaching in the synagogues. And then look here, you, you know what our, our vision is here, that we proclaim the gospel and reflect the kingdom. And that's because that's what Jesus did, that he was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And he was healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And he was seeing the people. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into His harvest. There are really four points here, but I'm going to distill them down to two. But as I was working earlier in the week, you can see that Jesus is proclaiming the gospel, that uh, Jesus is healing those who are in need, that Jesus is seeing and shepherding those who are without a shepherd, and that Jesus is beseeching or begging or praying to the Father to send people out into the harvest. And earlier on in the week, as I was thinking about just a quick message to get us all together on the same page, that's what our church needs to be doing. We need to be proclaiming the gospel. We need to be healing our community. We need to be um, praying together. And we need to be doing these things as the Lord was doing them. And see, look back there in verse 36. Seeing the people, He felt compassion. As I read through those, on Friday... I opened up a commentary by R.T. France, and uh, it's one of my favorite in the Gospel of Matthew. And man, he just hit me straight between the eyes and said, you know what? Those are all great points, but here's what that text boils down to. Urgency and opportunity. Urgency and opportunity. So let me just take about ten minutes here and speak to you about urgency and opportunity. You see in verse number 36 where he says, seeing these people who didn't have a shepherd that he had was moved with compassion on them. The word compassion means that his heart was torn, that he was broken in pieces, that he was so concerned almost to the point of tears. In fact, there's only two other times in all of the rest of the New Testament that the word compassion is used for anybody other than Jesus, meaning this right here. And so the vast majority of the time that you see this in the Bible, it is saying that Jesus' heart was broken because there were people of all different stripes, of all different colors, of all different races, of all different monetary value. They were running around as sheep without a shepherd. And they were dying in their sins and going to an eternal hell. And Jesus' heart was broken with compassion. And brothers and sisters, I want to say to us, as we think about all of the things that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, we must be the kind of, hey, hear me this morning, we must get back an urge in our soul that the men and women and boys and girls in the 27608 and the rest of Raleigh that don't know Jesus Christ are going headlong as sheep without a shepherd into an eternity that is Christless and hopeless. 
There are marriages on the houses on either side of us where they look like they're good from the outside, but they're broken on the inside. There are men with addiction to pornography. There are women with addictions in their lives. There are children that are going astray. There are people this morning in our neighborhood who are contemplating suicide. There are people all around us who are dying without Jesus and they need the Gospel. Amen? Urgency. Urgency. Who knows when Jesus will come back? I don't know when He'll come back. But what if Christ came back tonight and all of the people around us, what would they say as they went into a Christless eternity? Did our church matter in our neighborhood? Did we reach them? Did we do everything that we could? Did we put things aside in our life and sell out our lives to reaching our community for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is there an urgency in our soul? to reach unbelievers with the Gospel. To see men and women and boys and girls who do trust Christ to be shepherded and discipled and grow in the faith. And then this morning, as I was riding in, I had an opportunity to think, and that normally doesn't happen when James is in the backseat. And as I was thinking on the way in, this thought crossed my mind. I just want to share it with you. It wasn't, it's not a word from the Lord, okay? Only word from the Lord's right in your lap. It's right here. But it just impressed upon my heart, just thinking, why is our church not showing urgency? And here's, here's kind of what I thought. And you, hear, you, you buckled up, right? Did everybody go like this? Everybody go cha-chink. The reason why some of you feel urgency about what's going on in our church and who's here and who's not and what about this and did that person leave and what's going on and is there enough people and is there... The reason why you feel urgency about what's going on here is because you don't feel urgency about what's going on out there. If you felt an urgency in your soul that moved you to action to tell unbelievers about Jesus Christ every day and every week of your life, you, you, you really wouldn't worry about the small stuff. And we wouldn't have time to worry about who's here and who isn't here because we'd be overflowing. The problem is you've inverted, inverted the urgency and you've, we've looked in upon ourselves and we're so concerned about what's going on in here that we're letting the world die and go to hell. And so what I'm asking you today is to have an urgency in your soul for your neighbors, for your friends, for your coworkers, for your family members, for the people you meet at the gas station and the grocery store and in line at the bank and wherever you are. I want you to get in your soul today an urgency about this community. I want you to sit with that. I've been sitting with that. In my own soul, I have to repent. I have to turn. I have to get right with Jesus. I have to look in my own soul and say, hey, how concerned am I with the neighborhood? How concerned am I with lost people? And I want you to do the same thing. You walk out of here today. You walk out with anything. You walk out with an urgency in your soul. If you're a believer, God has called you to look upon these people in our community as sheep without a shepherd and to be broken and contrite and full of compassion and to care enough to invite them, to share with them, to be involved in the things we're going to talk about, to reach the community for the Gospel of Jesus. I am telling you, there are all kinds of families and all kinds of issues and our country is going through problems. The world is going to hell in a handbasket and there must be an urgency in our souls that we have the answer to the cancer of sin and we sit on it ourselves instead of sharing it the rest of the world, and you're worried about, well, what's going to happen with that? And did they move that? And what about this? And who does that? And who's responsible for that? Who was here and who wasn't? Did I like the music? Did I like that? Is, was it hot enough? Was it cold enough? Was it this enough? Leave all that junk alone and reach the world with the Gospel. Urgency. If you don't share the Gospel this next week, you don't have urgency. If you don't invite somebody this next week to come hear the Gospel at a church service, you don't have urgency. If you don't be and live the Gospel out in your life daily and all you do is just kind of come and play church, there's no urgency and you're not like Jesus. 
Cha-chink. Urgency and opportunity. Aren't you glad that the text doesn't leave us simply with that? Look at the opportunity. Look what Jesus says quickly. Verse number 37. Then He said to His disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech or pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth workers into the harvest. Hey, the, the, the harvest is plentiful. What, you, you think that there's enough churches in our city? Not anywhere close. You think everybody in the, you think everybody in the greater Raleigh area is a believer? Not anywhere close. There are hundreds of thousands of people all around this city and this area who are dying without Jesus. They don't belong to a church. They've never even been to a church. They don't know who Jesus is. I'm telling you, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Hey, hear hear me that out again. You understand? We're not competing with another church. I'm not worried about somebody else. The harvest is plentiful. There are plenty of lost people to go around to the churches in our area. And God wants to do wonderful things in our church and in our life and in our community. God wants the Gospel to overflow from us into this community so that the schools in our area and the families in our area, that they come to faith in Jesus Christ and marriages are restored and children are restored and people who are on the brink of suicide are pulled back so that lives are blessed, so that uh, money is given so the Gospel can go to around the world. God wants to fill this place up with Christ worshipers so that we sing with the joy and the good news of Jesus upon our lips. God wants to bring people here so that they can be discipled and grow so that they can walk with Him and be changed so that entire generations that will come after us can rise up in this area and bless the world and bless the community and live for Jesus. He wants to do all of that and it is all available to us. You walk out of here today with urgency, but it's not as if you are on some picked over Easter egg hunt where there's no eggs that are left. They're everywhere. There's opportunity everywhere. And Jesus said, pray because there's few people that will actually do the work. In just a moment, not yet, in just a moment, we're going to walk through these things together. I know I'm kind of amped up. I'm already in fifth gear, but I'll back it down for you. But for just a moment, I, I really want you to get my heart. There's got to be an urgency inside of every believer that says, man, the world is going to hell and those people need Jesus. And you have to walk out of here knowing that there's an opportunity around every corner of your life. Pray for it. Look for it. Jesus wants to save the people that are around you. Are you going to be involved? Do you feel that in your soul? Do you feel something down deep in your soul that says, I I want to be a part of that. I think God's going to do some wonderful things at that church, and and I I want to be a part. I don't want to sit on the sideline, I don't want to watch. I want to be involved. Maybe I I should just leave it there with you in your heart. Urgency and opportunity. Let us pray that God would raise us up, all of us, to make a difference in our community, to bless our community with the good news, and to see lives changed and families added to the church. And not only numerical, but spiritual and internal growth take place where relationships are built and lives are changed. Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want to have a small sliver of involvement in something like that? Do you want to see God do something incredible in this place with this family of believers? 
far beyond what we can do in our own selves with our own abilities. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, we look back a year or two years from now and say, God is doing some incredible things there, not because we're something special, but because we had an urgency and we saw the opportunity and we've gone for. As we march into this, I just want to tell you, I read where this preacher had said, and I think I told the folks Wednesday night, and I don't, I don't even know what to make of him or whatever, but when I read it, I just thought, yeah, that's exactly right. Or this guy uh, talked to his congregation much like this on a Sunday morning, and he said, look, here's the deal. If you'll build the church, I'll keep you fed. Now, you know, that needs some explanation, but the Bible says that he gave some apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Hey, brothers and sisters, if you're just going to come and cross your arms and see what, uh, see what the staff can put together every Sunday, you come to the wrong place. Why, why, would we, why would we do that when there's an army of us here? Okay, granted, we're not the largest army in the world, but we're the best-looking army, amen? Come on, that was a place to encourage yourself. Look, I mean, just look at who's around you. This is, this is a decent number of people, isn't it? Why don't you, why don't you decide right now that you're going to be a part of the army here and you're going to go out this next week and you're going to give yourself to something greater and larger than you are individually and you say, you know what? My church and what we're trying to accomplish here is to see people saved and get them discipled and spread the gospel to the nations and have Jesus' fame spread around the world. And I've got a whole bunch of other brothers and sisters in this room. So rather than fussing and fighting and rather than looking who's here and not, I'm going to go out into the world. I'm going to do everything I can to share the gospel and to bring somebody back so that they can hear it. And I'm going to jump in and get involved in the things that are going on. You already have an army right here. I wonder what you'll do with your heart today. Let me show you these seven events. Seven things built into the life of the church that you can be involved in. We'll move them pretty quickly this morning. First of all, now again, this is not every event in the life of the church, but these are the seven major opportunities that you have to serve in the life of the church. First of all, we have Easter weekend coming up. And uh, we have that weekend, we have a Good Friday service. That's March 30th there. We have our Easter egg hunt the next day on that Saturday, and we have a brunch and worship on April 1st at 10 o'clock is the brunch, 10.45 a.m. Now listen, don't hate me. We're not going uh, to have a sunrise service this year. We're going to focus all of our attention on getting as many people as we possibly can into this room to hear the gospel through music and through the Word of God that Sunday morning. Let me show you here. Uh, we'll put up there the purpose. We have a twofold purpose. You know, sometimes uh, the reason why you're not involved in things in the life of the church is, well, quite frankly, we, we fail to communicate to you why we actually do things. So, so why, why, what's the purpose? Why do we have that Easter weekend? Why do we have Good Friday? Why do we have an egg hunt? Why do we have an uh, Easter special service? What's, what's the whole purpose behind having a weekend like that in the life of the church? Well, it's simply twofold. It's worship and evangelism. Go ahead and put the, the next up there. So we're going to talk about what is our goals. We're thinking about worship and evangelism. For Good Friday, it is a confession of sin and fellowship of believers. Brothers and sisters, we're going to have a good, uh, good Friday service here. It'll be a somber service. It'll be a time for all of us to come. And I know that we look forward to Easter Sunday with uh, dresses on little girls and little boys in bow ties and a great fellowship time together. Many of you have dinner at your home. But before all of that comes and all of the rejoicing of the resurrection, we want to come and worship God about the crucifixion and to see our own souls and our own sin in light of what Jesus has done. And we want to worship through repentance and faith in Him. And then we want to fellowship with our believers together. And everybody gets on board Good Friday evening and says, listen, we're going to give ourselves to prayer for the egg hunt. We're going to give ourselves to prayer for Easter Sunday morning for lost people that they might hear the Gospel. We want God to save people. And what about for the egg hunt? No, go back there if you would. For the egg hunt, on that Saturday, we want to have 10 new families from the community registered. So many of you know we do an egg hunt here. We have it for all different ages. But here's specifically what we're trying to get at. We want all of our church families to come, but we want to uh, register families that come, and we want 10 families from 27608 right here. That is across the street and there and down the road and up here. We want 10 families new registered that had never been here before. 10, 10 families newly registered for our egg hunt. 
And so why, why would you want that? Well, that great opportunity for follow-up for them to come on Easter Sunday and for us to follow up in the weeks to come through cards and emails and, and visitation, an opportunity to share the gospel with those families. So what's the purpose of having that egg hunt? It's to expose our community to the gospel. And then for our Easter Sunday worship, we want to have 300. Now listen, a few years ago, we got close. We got to 291. I probably should have counted all the pregnant ladies that day. We might have made it to 300. I don't know. Now listen, I just want to tell you something. I, I, I hear, I've heard stuff bannered back and forth about this church in the past. There's 500, 800, all, there's, I, I'll tell you, I've done some research. All the way back, all the way back to, I think, probably 1995, uh, I've never seen where this church has averaged more than 275 people in service. I'm just being honest with you. Is a well, well, goal of 300? What are you just about numbers? No, but every, every soul that comes that day will be a soul that will be exposed to the gospel. And that gives us a wonderful opportunity to follow up with those people and share the gospel and be a ministry into our neighborhood. Not only that, but we want 10 first time visitors on Easter. We want your uncle. Billy and your Aunt Sally that come every year, we want them to come too. We want families to come. But what I really want you to do is get involved in our neighborhood and bring 10 new visitors to our church Easter Sunday morning so that they can hear the gospel about Jesus and how He can save their soul and change their life. Give us a great boost into the first quarter of the year as we think about ministering and going back and giving uh, uh, those folks an opportunity to be exposed to our church. How can you be involved in that? Number one, be here. Everybody say, be here. Be here. I was like four people. Everybody say, be here. Be here. All right. If you go visit your family every Easter, call your family tomorrow and tell them to come here for Easter. If, if you have plans that were made five years ago to be in Hawaii on Easter, cancel the plane tickets and do it on another day. Why? Because there's urgency and there's opportunity. You said you wanted to be a part of something larger than yourself. You want to be a part of a church that's reaching the neighborhood, seeing souls saved and lives changed and people discipled. You want there to be a buzz and grow. Everybody that wants the church to grow and be right with Jesus, raise your hand. Okay, be here for Easter weekend. Commit to praying every week for this weekend. Every week. Just once a week. Put it on your phone as a reminder. Pray for the Good Friday service. Pray for the Easter egg hunt. Pray for Easter Sunday. That people would be saying, help with the organization and set up and clean up of the egg hunt and Sunday brunch. Invite others to attend the weekend events. That, that's another thing. To be here and invite people to come. Go ahead and volunteer to greet or to operate a shuttle? You say, well, what is that? Our van is our shuttle. We're going to have so many people here Easter Sunday morning that we're going to need for most of the, for a lot of our people to park up here at the Senior Center or down at J.Y. Joyner. But don't worry about it. We will run the van and we will pick you up. By the way, if you're one of those people that park in the visitor parking even though you're not a visitor, shame on you. Don't park there. That day we'll, we'll park somewhere else and we'll bust everybody in, Okay. You say, Steve, are you serious about that? I am dead serious. I want our people, I want many of our people to devote now and commit now as you're going to park somewhere else because you are confident that if you pray and if you come and if you invite, that God will bring so many people here that day that it will be necessary. And assist the office with uh, promotion of the events and follow-up. All right, let's go. Let's jump to the next one. All right, put this on your calendar. May 19th, 2018. Well, it's a good thing it's not 2019, right? 2018. May 19th at 6.30. This is a new event for our church. This is what we're going to do. It's a fellowship dinner. Go ahead and uh, move to the next slide. Let me, let me show you what we're going to do. Uh, what is our purpose? It's to cultivate community within the church, to build relationships with members you may not know, and to invite an unbeliever and expose them to the gospel in a non-threatening way. Now, before you go to the next slide, this is what we're going to do with that. On May 19th, we're going to have 10 host families that will host a dinner and a Bible study in their homes. And all of the rest of us are going to sign up to be a part of one of those home group Bible study and fellowship dinners. Now, of course, it's not only on the uh, host couple to, to make sure that all the meal is there. They'll provide some, but everybody will bring something. It'll be kind of like a fellowship dinner and Bible study in home. 
And we want, uh, we want 10 host families and at least 8 to 10 people per household. And we want you to bring somebody who has never been to the church. And they might not come to the church. They're, they're the kind of person they feel like the, the roof would fall in on them. They don't really want to go to church, but they would go to somebody's house for dinner and a sneak Bible study. <laughs> right? Go ahead and put the goals up. What's the goal? We want 10 host families. We want to have eight to ten people per uh, host family. We want to have one person per family who has not been to our church per house. Don't worry about, oh man, I want to host, but I'm not sure about doing a Bible study. I'm going to write the Bible study for everybody. And so even if you're not experienced in that, you can have somebody from the church that will be at your house, or you can do it. The scripture will be set up, the, the uh, kind of the answer and the question and answer time, and we'll share the gospel. And so it's a beautiful opportunity in the life of God. We want you to be involved in this. It's kind of like doing small groups just at a larger level for one time. You can, you, even if you can't commit to a weekly Bible study, you could commit to this on May 19th. You could host, you could go, you could make some food, you could invite somebody. You can be a part of what we're doing here on that. All right? Choose to participate, yes, be a host family. Pick up members who do not drive. There might be some folks in our church that want to go, but they're not able to be there. You can volunteer to bring them to that. All right? Help provide food or lead the devotional. Bring a friend who is an unbeliever or looking for a church. You see, this event will be an opportunity for us to have fellowship with one another, to have a stronger community, to do Bible study together, and to even share the gospel with unbelievers. And it's a way for us to model to our families how you can be active in evangelism. So that once we finish with May 19th, you might be so bold that you would invite your neighbors over for dinner and have dinner with them and share a devotional. All right? Let's move forward a little bit to uh, our Vacation Bible School. Now, on the screen, it might say something like EBC Kids Camp, game on. Let me uh, give you some explanation for in-church people and outside our church people, all right? So our theme, the theme this year for Vacation Bible School is game on, and it is a sports theme. And so when we're in-house here talking to our people and our kids and our family, you'll probably hear a lot about Vacation Bible School, VBS, VBS, VBS. But the way that we're speaking to our community and the way that you'll see this promoted outside like on Nextdoor and Facebook and into our communities and with signs, it will say something like EBC Kids Camp. And uh, that's reason, part of the reason why is there are any number of churches in our areas that do vacation Bible schools. And what we want to do is not focus on getting a circuit of Christian kids that go from one VBS to another. We, we want the children that are in our neighborhood to come to our vacation Bible school. And part of the way we're going to kind of give that to them is more or less cause some, some children in our area are not familiar with Vacation Bible School. So we'll call it EBC Kids Camp. We'll have a strong emphasis on sports. There will be music and crafts and lesson time. But we want to specifically reach the children in our neighborhood. This church is a church in this neighborhood and we need to build it with the people here. What is our purpose? Outreach for the community and families with small children. And we want to provide a fun environment where children can come to know Christ. I put up the goals, but let me tell you this. Part of Vacation Bible School is going to be a little different this year. Rather than doing the weekend, we're going to do a Sunday through Thursday. Some of you have done that before. We go back and forth. What's the best? We've chosen this year to do a Vacation Bible School uh, Sunday through Thursday. It'll be Sunday evening through Thursday evening. We're still looking into the opportunity, but what we're going to try and do is possibly have a food truck rodeo uh, on that Sunday evening for registration. So maybe have some food trucks here, and as moms and dads in our neighborhood uh, bring their children to registrate for Vacation Bible School, they have an opportunity to, uh, uh, to eat as well, and for us to mingle and talk with them, and encourage them to also bring their children to church. So we're going to really focus on that, and look at the goals here. We want to have a hundred kids registered. Now listen, I told you today you had to buckle up, I'm just being honest trying to tell you, this is where we're trying to go. Listen. We need vacation Bible school this year. Okay. Write me emails, some of y'all tomorrow. It's okay. It needs to be bigger and better this year. I don't even, I don't know, I don't know how to spiritualize that for you. Okay? 
we need to, we need to have 100 kids here. Last, last year we had a two-to-one ratio between workers and kids. I'd like it for this year for us to have way more children than we do workers. Are you with me this morning? I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to tell you what you need to do. <laughs> if, you want the, if you want to see the God bless and work in the church, this ought to put something in your soul. Even some of you VBS workers from last year, when you see that and you think that's impossible, I want you to feel that sting. I want you to feel that with us. And all of us here this morning, you ought to be thinking, oh man, is that possible? Can we do that? If we pray enough and, and work enough and, and minister enough, is it possible that God would, it would bless us this year to have a hundred children and vacation? I don't know that it can happen. I don't know that it can happen either, but I know that God's big. Man, that would be a good place to help me out. I don't want to feel alone up here. I, I believe God's big. Amen? Amen. I, I think He can do that. I said, well, you just want 100 kids so you can tell everybody else you had. And no, I don't want that. We don't give numbers away here anyway. But what I do know is that something to shoot for. It's more than we've done in the past. It's an opportunity for you to work and pray. It's an opportunity for you to identify with your staff two weeks before when all church members have not registered their kids and you're frustrated and you're thinking, is this thing going to work at all? We're not going to feel that alone this year. You want Vacation Bible School to be awesome? Then do it. What do you mean? That's what we pay you for. No, it isn't. Not according to the Bible. If you want Vacation Bible School to be awesome, and by that I mean a vibe around here where the gospel is being poured out and kids are running everywhere, messing stuff up, pictures falling off the wall, and you're, you're having to bite your tongue because you want to yell at them. Wanda's running out of food and we're running down to, the, running down to Costco buying more. Hey, you want that? Urgency. Opportunity. What, you don't think there's a hundred kids in this neighborhood? Do the demographics. In a five-mile radius of our church, there are more than 3,000 families with young children. If I was good at math, I'd tell you what 100 out of 3,000 is. How can you be involved? (laughs) Do you get the repeating refrain up here, right? Everybody say, be here. You say, I have family vacation. Cancel it. You say, I am going to be out of the country. Come back. You say, I'm getting married that weekend. Cancel it. No, I'm just messing with you. No. Get married on Saturday. Come to VBS on Sunday afternoon. You're good to go. Be here. Invite families you know. Listen, we're going to do better. We're going to get better at communicating. We're going to put signs in our net. Hey, but we don't have a lot of money. We're going to have to get, we're going to have to get uh, uh, careful. We're going, to, we're going to have to get creative with the way that we promote. Right? We don't have all the funds in the world, but let me tell you something. We don't need all the funds in the world. The best way to promote is word of mouth. And listen, we need Sunday schools. Um, uh, Jamie and I, we'll be out in the neighborhood. We're going to do our part. We'll get the youth. But can I tell you something? Promoting Vacation Bible School is not having the youth go out two Wednesday nights before Vacation Bible School and hand out flyers. Man, all my youth should have said amen at that point. But listen, if you want to promote Vacation Bible School, that means every one of your Sunday school classes next week need to get together and figure out a way and talk with uh, Marcy and talk with those that are involved in Vacation Bible School and say, how can our Sunday school promote Vacation Bible School as we get closer in our area? What sections of the city do you need? What do you need us to pass out? Where can we go? What can we do? Say, well, I'm 70. Listen, then die serving Jesus. Man, did I just say that. I, I don't have much to lose anymore, friends. I'm just telling you. But you, want to, you just want to die in some dank, cold attitude somewhere? I'd rather die serving Jesus than anything I know. Assist in promotion with the community in the weeks before. Volunteer to teach. We'll teach you how to teach. Alright, let's move Community Celebration Sunday, a.k.a., let me whisper this, homecoming. Did everybody hear that? 
Listen, we're going we're gonna to change that around just a little bit. Uh, homecoming's become a little bit of an antiquated uh, terminology, and it, it kind of misses its kazip when you do homecoming every single year. Well, yeah, homecoming, homecoming, homecoming. What does that mean? We're 67 years old. What are we this year? 68 years old. What are Listen, when we get to 70, we'll do homecoming again, all right? Here's what we're going to do. Homecoming doesn't exactly say what we want. It used to be, long before I ever got here, I think homecoming was like, invite everybody that had ever been here one time in the past and let's all have fun and then the next week nobody show up. Man, I'm just being honest with you today. That's not what we're going to do with homecoming. So we changed it. And sometimes the change in terminology helps a change in attitude. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna have no go back there if you would and get let everybody get the dates here September 9th, 2018 right community celebration Sunday you say why is it community celebration you can go to the purpose slide here's what we want to do we want to celebrate the community within right we want to be thankful for those that have come before we want to be appreciative of our heritage and we want to celebrate the community within but we want to use that Sunday as almost an open house to celebrate our local community. Right? You know, I think one of the things about our church that we need to get better at is loving our community, loving our zip code, loving our neighbors. It doesn't always have to be, well, how many did you have this or did you have that or did you have that? We just want to bless our community and we want to open up and invite and help our community to come and invite them to say, hey, this is what we do as a service. This is what we do for music. This is what we do for children. This is what we do for youth. This is what we do for adult Bible study. This is how our church blesses and extends the gospel of the kingdom into our neighborhood that we are training men and women and boys and girls not only to love Jesus but to be upstanding citizens and to live right and well in our community we want our place here our church to be a safe place and a safe haven for our community we want those who are suffering and hurting with mental illness and all around us to know that there is hope and help at this place for them and so we're going to celebrate our community within and our community without here here's the person purpose so uh, we will have a worship night on friday and listen those of you that got all crotchety and you know, the last time we did the worship night this past uh, this past homecoming we had it on a friday night and you didn't come because you didn't think there'd be enough hymns man did you miss out Jesus was here and he wasn't with you no 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 that's a joke you know what I mean he's everywhere right he was just more with us than he was no I'm just kidding with you that's heresy it's off listen why why do you want to be like that everybody in this church that says you know what we need our church to be built with young, good families that have children that will bring them to the church and raise a generation of godly believers that they'll get plugged in and work in committees, that they'll be ushers, that they'll, they'll take over. We, we need young, good families with children that will help our church go another 70 years. Everybody that wants that, raise your hand. Okay, keep it raised. Keep it raised. When we have that worship night on that Friday night, if you mean that now, you'll be there. Is that right? We want, we want young families. We want, we want children. We want youth. We want young adults. We want young professionals. They don't always like the same music you do, but you know what? You could probably come one night and support them and love them and bake some cookies for them. And guess what? I just happened to be in the staff meeting this last week. They're going to sing a few hymns as well. Just for you. We want, our, we want our church to be filled with, you know, we want to be vibrant and growing. We, hey, listen, somebody's got to take over around here. Just, there's no, nobody. We need that building and grounds to be staffed with good young men. Then be a part of something. Don't just talk about it, live it. All right? Time of worship together that night. Outreach for our community. The Community Celebration Sunday is a time to remember the history of the church. Amen. And to celebrate our future in the community around us. That's what we want to do. We want to invite people in the neighborhood around us to attend our Celebration Sunday homecoming. If you got to say it to yourself that way. It's an open house to our community. We're going to promote that. We're going to put signs up. But you're the workforce. Hey, do you understand that this morning? Can you give me just a few minutes? Do you understand what I'm saying? I just, if, it, if you'll just let it dawn on your brain for just a moment, I feel like sometimes this creates something here. It is, it, it's not here. It's not here and there. You're not spectators. 
<laughs> you can be if you want, but that's not what we're going to do around here. And if you think the changes and the things we're talking about today are big, just wait around a few weeks. <laughs> we're in this together. You need to walk out of here today with something down here in the pit of your stomach that doesn't say I need to go to Golden Corral, but says, mm, that's my church. That's my peeps. And we need to rise up. And we need to look at what is around us and figure out a way to go get them. We're just creating some opportunities for you to do that. Okay. What's our goal? Celebration Sunday, we want to have 20 first-time visitors. 20. 20 first-time visitors. Over the course of the weekend, have one intentional conversation with a visitor or someone you don't know. Listen, I will consider Celebration Sunday or homecoming, whatever you want to call it, I will consider it a success if I see somebody over the age of 55 actually go during the lunch and sit by somebody, one of those 21st time visitors, and engage in a conversation with them not just how are you doing, but the kind of conversation that results in you having their number or email and a continued conversation after that. One intentional conversation. It's not enough to just get 20 first-time visitors. We've got to invest in their life. We've got to show them that we care. All right? How can you be involved? Everybody say, be here. So far, you've only got six events that you've got to be at this year, right? No, you need to be here every Sunday. <laughs> be here. Invite someone who has not visited with us before. Help with the setup and the cleanup on Saturday and Sunday. Provide food for lunch after the service. Pick someone up or provide a shuttle on Sunday. We're going to do that too on that day. Volunteer to go out into the community and promote. You ought to work with your Sunday school classes. You ought to get a small group together. Listen, you, you, you guys, I'm putting it in your lap. We're going to do everything we can, right? We're going to work like dogs. But it's in your lap. Don't show up here on Celebration Sunday looking like, let's see if old Steve and Jamie did a decent job this year. If, if it's not a success, it's your fault. Man, I'm just being honest with you today. <laughs> Somebody opened up the key to my soul here. I'm sorry. Listen, we all own this together. You want this church to be what God wants it to be? Just be involved. Work at it. Yeah. All right. This is new. <laughs> uh, October 14th through 17th, we will have a revival here at the church. And uh, it will start, uh, I'll preach Sunday morning, and then uh, we'll have Sunday evening. Monday, Tuesday, and uh, we'll finish on Wednesday. And we're going to have a few speakers in, and uh, we'll have a good time. You'll be hearing more coming up about this. That's October the 14th through the 17th. Let me show you the purpose behind that and some of the goals. We want each member to be renewed in their walk with the Lord and encouraged to be on mission for Him. I was talking with Connie. Uh, oh, let me see. Okay, I mean, I'm doing well on time. Listen, am I doing well? We got to. Okay. I saw with Connie, I said, uh, and she said, well, what, what's the purpose of the revival? I said, all the people need to repent and get right with Jesus. And she's like, ah, I'm not sure you want to bill it like that. <laughs> Attendance is not always the top notch when you say, we want you to come. What's the purpose so that you will repent? But can I tell you, it, we all need repentance every day of our life. Man, and, and can I tell you that if you've never been to a, a revival, I don't know if that's an old term, revival, renewal, conference, whatever you want to call it. Just taking a few days out of the year, come a few evenings and have somebody minister to your soul in love. Beat your toes up, love your heart up and be together with everybody. We're going to provide dinner on uh, on those evenings and uh, it'll just be a good time for us to come out and uh, and worship God together and be renewed in our spirit. We want to be some good music those nights, be some good speakers those nights. And if you're going to miss any of them, come Sunday morning because I'm going to preach on repentance. All right. Uh, we'll have somebody else uh, preach on some of the other subjects, but revival. Why don't, you, why don't you make your plans to be here for that? What's the goals? Yes. Uh, attend every service. Now, nah, look, I know some of you thinking, are you serious? It's everything I can do here to get here Sunday morning. You want me to be here Sunday night, Tuesday night and Wednesday night? Yes, yes. 
because I promise you that if your children were playing in a baseball game, uh, like a series, two or three days in a row, I promise you, you would go to that. You'd probably skip work to go to it. I got you right there yet. If your grandchildren were in a play, you'd go to it, even if it was more than one time, right? Uh, to achieve greater unity within the church body. We're going to need that. Hey, listen, we're going to work so hard between now and then. We're going to see God do some things. There's going to be some more people that join the church and get saved. And do you not believe that? Between now and then, I think the Lord will do some amazing things in this church. And we're going to need some unity. We're going to all need to come together on that a little bit. Ten visitors per night. Hey, listen, if you think that's a big thing, I was saying like five visitors per night, and then the rest of the staff said, let's shoot for ten visitors per night. So it's on them, okay? That was their goal. Mine was five. Theirs was ten. And then they, you know, kind of kind of gave it to me and to me. Well, God's big. That's right. Ten visitors per night. We could probably do that. We could probably do that. How can you be involved, be here, volunteer in the nursery for one night, help with promotion in the community, invite unbelievers and friends, family members and co-workers? That's how you can be involved. Let's, uh, let's finish these uh, last few together. Fall Festival, October 31st. Watch your calendar. Hey, pull your phone out or your desk. I was playing around. Wouldn't it be hilarious if somebody would have brought like a desk calendar today? Does anybody have a desk calendar with them? To- we got one in the balcony. Make sure and look at this. We're going to do our fall festival not on Sunday night, but we're going to do it on October 31st. It's a little bit different. That's on a Wednesday night. We're going to do what we normally do for um, our fall festival on that night. And so, Steve, why would, why would you do that? For one reason, we want our church to be more in tune and more available and more blessing of our community. That is, that's Halloween night. There are already going to be young families with young children out in the neighborhood. We want to go ahead. Why would we do it on a Sunday night? Why don't we just do it Wednesday night? We'll have the bounce houses. We'll have everything that we normally have here. We'll have good food. And we'll provide a safe place for all of the children in our community to come here and to trick-or-treat. And we'll be able to register those people and help share the gospel and have good gospel center conversations with them. But we want to bless our community. And so if our community is already going to have people out... Why don't we just bless them by giving them a safe place to come and celebrate with us together, all right? What's the purpose? Outreach to the community, to bless our community with a safe place for families to participate in Halloween. They're already going to be doing that anyway. And listen, I know some of you funny guys say, wow, Halloween. Listen, if you're worried about Halloween, you're like the guy on the table who is flatlined and somebody's trying to give him a Tylenol. You understand what I'm saying? Forget that. All we're going to do here is share the gospel with people. And if it's better to do it in our community on a night like that, then we're going to do it. All right? What is our goal? 200 people in attendance that night. He says, why? Why you put that there? Because I want you to feel that. I want you to come along board. He said, well, what happens? Are we going to chastise everybody? If we don't, what do we have? We have 150. I don't know. No, we're going to do that. But we're going to put a goal out there. We're going to try and reach it. We're going to try and give everything that we have. And you're going to feel that with us. You're going to push with us. 30 to 50 first time visitors from the community. We're going to have a station whereby when you come in that evening, you'll have to um, go through registration for a uh, for like a raffle rather later that night, and just a simple name and maybe a phone number and email, and uh, those folks will be able to come in. We want to have 30 to 50 families from our neighborhood who are on our property fellowshipping with. I believe we have the best church membership in the world. Say amen. amen. I believe we have the nicest people. Amen. amen. Why don't you just show those pearly whites and love on them that night? We're going to have 30 to 50 people from our neighborhood on our property and an opportunity for you to talk with them. All right? Be here. You get it. Volunteer to help with the games, help with the community promotion. Donate candy. Somebody had the idea of donating candy starting in July. I'm not sure I want to eat in fall candy that was donated in July. Have... uh, Intentional conversations and help in the kitchen. They're going to need it. All right? Last couple of here. Let's go to these. Our last one. Christmas services. Our Christmas worship service. December 9th, 6 p.m. December 24th at 5 p.m. So we will have our Christmas musical. We'll do a little bit different this, this time. So we will do Sunday morning. 
We're not going to do the entire Christmas musical. We'll do, uh, we'll do a, a portion of the songs from the musical that morning and uh, have an opportunity to invite people to be a part of that. We also will have that evening uh, be a great time to invite lost people to come and hear the gospel. It did my heart good. Jamie, in, in a staff meeting the other day, he said, I want to see somebody come to faith in Christ because the gospel was explained to them through music. Isn't that the kind of worship leader you want in this church? Man, that would have been a good place to encourage him. Do so after the service. And then, of course, we have our um, December 24th, Christmas Eve candlelight, and it will be at night this year. Uh, let's go to the purpose behind some of these. Christmas music program. Present the gospel to the community through the musical talents of our people uh, to prepare the church for Advent season. I think I'm able to say this. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. This is not for sure. It's not on here. But we're, uh, we're going to try and work about having maybe a Christmas choir so that even if you're not able to volunteer in other areas of the year, that you can volunteer at that time. And we're talking about, don't hold us to this, but we're going to work at the possibility of maybe our uh, working on that, getting our Christmas choir together and singing maybe at like Crabtree Valley Mall or one of the malls around and using our choir and our abilities and talents in that way as an outreach, all right? And we're working on that. We've got a lot of logistics to get worked out. You have to provide all of your own uh, sound equipment. But, you know, I mean, maybe if God just provided in a church some sort of like DJ or something that was a member of your church somewhere, he could... I don't know if a church has a DJ maybe named DJ Sting or something like that. I don't know, but if a church had that, they could help with some of that. We're going to look into, into that kind of thing. And uh, then listen, that Christmas musical is to prepare the church. I loved it when Jamie said that, to prepare the church for the Advent season. One of the things we're going to do with the musical is when you come, we want you to have such an experience in your own heart and soul that it prepares you for the birth of Jesus Christ. Amid all of the busyness of that season we just passed, the musical will drive us toward focus on Christ. Candlelight service, outreach for the community and the lost in our neighborhood, the celebration of Christ's birth. Here's what we want to do by that. Uh, maybe it's in the goals. Go to the next one. I, I thought it was great. What is our goal? Each family within the church to bring one unsaved person to the Christmas musical program. You can do that. Each family unit, right? And then look at this. For church members to make the candlelight service a priority in their Christmas celebration, maybe we should say even some sort of um, tradition. And so look, I, I know some of you are out of town. Some of you go, uh, you flip-flop years of which family you're with. But if you're normally in town over Christmas, we want you to make the candlelight Eve service a tradition in your life that if you don't have any other time during that season to prepare your heart for the birth of Jesus, that you'll say, no matter what, we're going to go that night we're going to sing, we're going to pray, we're going to listen to the Word, and we're going to be with God's people as we remember the true meaning of Christmas. Why don't you make that a tradition in your family's life? Isn't that good? Let's do that this year. These are the events that up here, how you can be involved. Be here, pray, volunteer. Volunteer to keep nursery one of those evenings. Invite others to attend. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take the slides off if you would. I'm going to ask you if you would. You've seen these. Look, the audio is available. It'll be online tomorrow. We'll put on Facebook access to the PowerPoint so you can go back through this. Here's what I like to do. All of these events, these seven, these seven major events in the life of our church, we're planning, we're programming, we're doing everything we can, we're going to promote, we want you to help us with all of that, but none of this will have the effect that it should have unless God's people go before Him in prayer and plead and beg for the Lord to do incredible things in the life of our community through our church. Amen? So I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to pray for us publicly. While I'm praying, there'll be some who are coming to get ready for music and our ushers will be coming to get ready for our offering. You have seen in your bulletin today that there's a place for you to be able to volunteer. Just take a time and pray. In a moment, as I, after I finish praying, if you want to volunteer in an area like that, just check mark it. Drop that into the offering plate as it comes by. 
That'll give us a bank of people that can volunteer in all of these events. But right now, would you just pray, right where you are, just pray and ask the Lord to help our church to put Him first, to glorify Jesus. And that many men and women and boys and girls from our neighborhood would come to faith in Christ this year. Let me pray for us. Father, I've done the best that I can to lay this out. And we need You. Not just some rah-rah-ray on one Sunday, but every Sunday, every, every day of our life, we need You to energize us, to fill us with Your Spirit, to remind us of the urgency of our community and the world and the opportunity that lies before us. And Lord, You said pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. God, we need that. We, now we don't need just a few. We it's not just a matter of filling a Sunday school hole here or there or a committee hole. Lord, I pray as the under-shepherd of this place for this church going forward that they would all embrace. I mean, would you just extend that? Would every person in this auditorium today, and even those that couldn't be here today, would you extend to their heart an invitation to be more involved? Not out of pressure, not out of feeling bad, but for your glory, for your mission, so that when we drive into this zip code that over the years that people will see many families come to faith in Christ and marriages restored and children healed and people who have not that are given to and that even the very earth that is beneath our feet, that it would be blessed by the God of heaven. Help us. Give us a desire where we do not have a desire. Wake us from our slumber. Renew our spirit that we might serve You and love You. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You've been listening to Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh. For more information and free access to other messages, please visit us at ebcraleigh.com.